Hark, it's an 87th Precinct podcast bonus episode. This is the bonus episode to go along with our look at book 54 of the 55 novels. Hark, our namesake. <laughs> Story of the Deaf Man. And it's no spoiler to say it's a, that was the last time we've seen the Deaf Man. Mm. Yeah. No, he doesn't well, turn up anywhere else. he went else. out with a bit of a whimper, I'm afraid. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Sadly. I, I, if, if that's what his schemes are like at this stage, I'm sure the rest of them weren't worth writing about. So. No, absolutely. You can only get shot so many times, probably give up. Yeah, retirement seems like a valid option for him. Yeah. I think he probably doesn't... I mean, one thing we didn't mention, actually, in that main episode is he does get all that money, doesn't he, from... Gloria Stanford at the yeah, start. So he's, and he he's, only gives a little bit of that to Melissa to do her mm. stuff. He's come out of it all right. He didn't need the Stradivarius, did he? No. Greedy guts. Yeah. It's more It's more about winding up the, the precinct than it is about actually making any profit, isn't it, at this yes. stage? It's not, a good, it's not a good way to conduct yourself. No. Anyway, we're going to do our usual look at the some of the book covers of the original releases and some stuff from 2004. And I will... Get Steve-O to describe mm. the American US hardback first edition. It's not much of a challenge, to be honest. <laughs> Hark. Hark. Written in ye oldie handwriting, <laughs> uh, then with Ed McBain in golden block capitals. And then behind that, there is a sinister eyeball peering at us, which is the eyeball of William Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then beneath that is a man fleeing for his, well, a figure, looks like a man, yeah, fleeing for his life. I don't really know what's that got to do with anything. Not a clue. Uh, but Shakespeare is clearly visible and he's looking at us. <laughs> he is, yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, it's like pirate writing, though, Hark, isn't it? It is, yes, sort of... Uh, Ink on vellum. Probably a bit like first folio writing, I'm guessing, is what they're going for, isn't it? I'd assume so. Or, uh, yeah. But, uh, but what the f- running away is about, I don't know. Yeah, it's... Ed McBain running away from conventional logic. <laughs> yeah. Well, just before I uh, carry on any further, something I didn't mention in the in the main episode is, it's published in Sh- Simon & Schuster in hardback in America and Pocket Star in... Uh, paperback edition in America and the UK is still in Orion for the hardback mm-hmm. and the paperback. So I'll let Morgan describe the paperback edition in America, which okay, is, is here. That. Okay, so we've got Hark spelled in sort of cut out sort of uh, paper letters, a bit like you might find on sort of a ransom note and we've got some um, text burning up. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I've, I've, do, do, do <laughs> you we know out, what that's all run about? Out very quickly, it's just the you? main yeah. literal points of the plot. That isn't it? The burning, yeah, uh, the burning it's... books and the ransom note. Yeah, it's it's not the most exciting of yeah. things, but uh, it doesn't feel massively relevant. Particularly, no, not usually. It's got a pull quote from the New York Times saying the deaf man is still a holy terror. Yeah, I'm, that's just crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid. I could have had a career as like a book cover. You just, you just wake up and just do anything. <laughs> I, th- I think really? on the evidence really? of some of the ones we've looked at, definitely. I think it is, you know, the very best ones are, are absolutely magnificent mm. just in books in general. 
most of the ones we've looked at for a long time now have been just they've been quite a lot of shock lame. Lame. actually these are Ryan editions have been some of the yeah. better ones haven't they? there's a bit yeah. of thought gone into them well we'll sometimes. move on to the um, yeah, yeah. Orion editions and I don't actually have to show anyone my um, pad thing here because Steve-O has got a hardcover Orion edition which is the first UK edition yeah so could you well, describe that well it's as with all these Orion it pretends to be something that it isn't so it pretends yes. to be a book by William Shakespeare maybe it's out of the collection yeah. and worth millions. But then over that, so it's, it, the base is like a battered old book. Uh, and then over that is some bullets and the word hark, Ed McBain, of course, and then a, a crossword puzzle with the word murder and killer <laughs> in it. <Yeah. laughs> and then the driver's license of Gloria Stanford. Um, and that's about it. But... Yeah, it's quite they're quite well done. I always think the uh, yeah because they have that wraparound element where the whole spine and the back and the yeah. front are all are very some thoughts being given. Yeah, there's, and... there's some proper design work gone in there rather than just the the, the least possible efforts. The, the, the first the book since the seventies that must have had some sort of budget <laughs> yeah. uh, for artwork. It seems that way. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not all totally relevant because there aren't any crosswords in the book. No. no. I <laughs> guess alluding to the puzzle it's, nature. Yeah, the sort of word the... puzzle element of things, yeah. Yeah, so that's it. And then I will describe the UK paperback edition, which is fairly commonplace if you're buying copies of this secondhand. Mm -hmm. I think anywhere, really. I think the Orion ones were published in quite some uh, quantity and i will say i cannot see for the life of me how this relates to the book no it is the word hark at the top of the page ed mcbain an 87 precinct novel at the bottom and it is a a illustrative almost photographic photograph i can't it's it's uh quite realistic i think that's the word i'll use <laughs> of just a window and looking through the window is just a man walking down a street with near a street lamp and that's yeah, it of what I, appears to be a crappy apartment building. I'm not sure. That's Ground floor. Strange, isn't it? Yeah, I can't. Just after praising them as well. I Why know. didn't they do this? Because the previous. Normally, yeah. They're, they're just they're, the same as that, aren't they? Yeah, they're normally just a very minor variation at least, aren't they? But maybe for some reason they've. Somebody was on leave when they did that, maybe. Yeah. Mm. I don't understand at all. That really isn't. It doesn't bear anything, any resemblance to the story at all. It's not even something you can justify in a sort of roundabout sort of way. Does I mean, it, it's nicely produced. Does it yeah. smell better than it looks? Oh, that's quite sweet. Yours mine. looks like it probably smells very nice. Sweet. Mine's the nicest one I've got of quite a lot of them. Sweet huff from that. Mine has almost no aroma because it's very, very uh, so it's well a, kept. It's Generic and forgettable as the cover itself. Yeah, yeah likewise mine really. It's not as well kept as as Paul's, but certainly Yours is with my exceptionally shiny. I know. Well, yeah, like I said, I can't remember exactly when I got it, but I've only read it the once, and I suspect the spine will not be cracked many more times. <laughs> let's put it that way. Okay, I've got a couple more. I've got. All right. I've got the Italian. Hey. And I will describe this. It says Ed McBain. What's the title of it? It, the title of it is Il Harco. It's the title of it is Anagram. <laughs> anagram. The title of it is Anagram in Italian. Somebody probably saw that and thought, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. "Sold that for a lie." 
anagram yeah. it is. I wonder Chicks. how it works out, how much they... Because the anagrams have to stay mm. in English, don't they, to be to work for the plot purposes. Ooh, so, oh, yeah. That must be difficult. Quite yeah. an interesting job for a translator, I'd have thought, that, this one. But the, unless he substitutes similar words that would work. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Knows. Tricky stuff, that. So I couldn't tell you because I've never seen the inside of it, but uh, yeah, interesting. The actual photograph on it is a, it's just a New York cityscape from from one of the rivers. Anagram. Mm. It's rubbish, really. What's that yeah. thing? That's just a, a sticker that says best sellers. Oh, right. But it looks like the bottom of a bullet. They're not yellow anymore, are they? From, from this distance, it looks like an Oreo. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's like a biscuit. <laughs> Every Italian book comes with a free biscuit on the front. A bit like when you get coffee at a restaurant and you get a little Italian biscuit. One of those see? little lotus biscuits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. You always eat first as well, though. You can't yeah. wait. But I can't resist giving Steve O the opportunity to oh, describe the good. Japanese Hayakawa Ooh. paperback edition. Right. Well, I'll just. So it's. Mainly yellow is this. So it says hark, exclamation mark, and very small text to the uh, bottom left. And then there's black, large black stripe with a yellow blob and a pink outline on a very much paler yellow background. And at the bottom is similar colour, well, same colours. But that looks quite like a figure. And that looks like quite like a road. It does, yes. But... Uh, and it does have 87 scratched in it, as all of them do. Yeah, so that definitely looks like a figure. Yeah. So I don't know what 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 part of the story that could relate to. I don't yeah. know. Well, it's, we've never uh, really been able to work no, it out, have we, with those not, ones? I'm not intelligent enough to work those things out. But um, it's as relevant to the plot as the cover of the it, UK it, paperback it, is, anyway. It is. Yeah. Visually striking, though. It's, yeah. In terms of interest, the yeah the Japanese edition wins definitely, and then for me, it'd, def- it'd be the UK. Hardback edition, yeah. really. And I will, as always, share these photos on our Instagram feed. So there you go. Not got much more of those to look at. I can't no. think what the cover of Fiddlers is like off the it's top of It's very dark and has got a fiddle on it. Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Shock horror. <laughs> yeah. Not to spoil, not to jump ahead. But... Even the, the brains trust at the publishing house could... Uh... Um. <laughs> Couldn't get past that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to go into some stuff from 2004. So this was first published in uh, the week of the 4th of August 2004, I believe. So I have got the top 10 charts from America and the UK, and I'm not going to get you to guess because honestly, no. looking at these, I <laughs> I recognise some of the names, some of the songs. I do not <laughs> get. I don't think I know at all. Uh, so I'm going to do the UK chart from 10 to 1. So we know what was going on at the time yeah, period. Well, That's the purpose yeah, of this. It's indeed. important. That is important. So at number 10, we have See It in a Boy's Eyes by Jamelia. <laughs> Oh, that's the one. I think that might be the one that Chris Martin from Coldplay wrote for her. Aye. Possibly. He definitely wrote one of the singles, yeah. Okay, moving it's on. no superstar, that's for sure. <laughs> no. No, quite. That's what you are. <laughs> Number nine is Every Time by Britney Spears. Oh, yeah, so it's a drippy ballad. Yeah, one of the lesser a, of the singles. It's a, and the one where she, she ends, she, she's, she's like drowning in the bath or something in the video. I, I can't remember. Oh, that's that nice. Mm-hmm. It's charming, yeah. Then we have a song called, let me read it in my head first before I say it out loud. <laughs> Dragostea Dinte. 
by Ozone. No. No, no. That, one, that one's passed me by. Number seven is Burn by Usher. Oh, yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, just R- a, R&B slow jams. Yeah. Number six, we have Jaquan with Tipsy. Oh, I yeah. Don't know. Everybody in the club getting tipsy. Oh, right, okay, one of those ones, eh? <laughs> yeah. I suppose it's probably, probably good, I don't know. Um, I can't really remember. You said we bush. never heard of these Morgan knows who's written them all. He's wearing a Jaquan t-shirt and everything. <laughs> Uh, Rachel Stevens is at number five with a song called Some Girls. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's... Sadly not a cover of Zig and Zag's Dem Girls. No, it's it, uh, it's the one that's more or less Strict Machine by uh, Goldfrap, but it's, yeah, the, the, the lyrics are actually quite rude, I seem to Ooh. recall. A bit saucy. Heck. Well, well new, at, new at number four is D12 with How Come. Uh, that's Eminem's hip hop collective, isn't it? But oh I can't yes, remember, it was. Yeah, yeah. Can't remember what it goes like. Number three is Lola's theme by Shapeshifters. That's not. <laughs> that's not Run Lola Run, is it? No, I don't think so. That's the. It's like a dancer. I'm a different person. Turn my like a, world round. You started singing that. It sounded like a country hoedown. Yes. Yeah, it would have been good. <laughs> I'm a different person. Uh, dry Your Eyes by the Streets, oh, uh, number yeah. two. I know that one. And I do know number one, the number one song. Well, it's actually a double A side, this one. But mainly, it is the theme from Thunderbirds by Busted. Oh, <laughs> crikey. Which gives you a clue to one of the films that came out in that year as well. So, I mean, <laughs> well, I do what like... A, what a time to be alive. Yeah. yeah. I think I was working in a place where Radio 1 was on the radio at the time, so I remember these a bit better than uh, than you chaps might. That's his excuse. Yeah. I, I was just listening to Lola's he insi- theme. He insisted over Radio 1 was put on. Yeah. I've got to hear Lola's theme four times a day. Yeah. Okay, then. Well, let's go to the US charts, and I'll go from 10 to 1 on this one. Well, this will be out and at number 10, we have Sunshine by Lil Flip featuring Leah. Nope. Number nine, we have The Reason by Huberstank. <laughs> they're one of those bands that like all, only exists in America, aren't they? Like them and Hootie and the Blowfish and yeah. the Dave Matthews band and all that nonsense. Yeah. Uh, Burn by Usher is at number eight in America. Number seven, Dip It Low by Christina Milian. Oh, that's a stormer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you just know that one. <laughs> Come on, Paul. Six is Turn Me On by Kevin Little featuring Spragga Benz. Well, oh, there we go. Spragga Benz always turns you on, I suppose, doesn't it? He's <laughs> wearing a very yeah, nice yeah. Kevin Little, not so much, but Spragga Benz, yeah. yeah. Number five, If I Ain't Got You by Alicia Keys. I don't remember that one. Oh, no, maybe. I don't know. Number four, Nina Sky featuring Jabba with Move Your Body. These are a lot of very generic names. Yeah, to I mean, these there, there, there must be like 500 songs called that, and yeah. I'm not sure which one of it. Number three, uh, Lean no. Back by Terror Squad. No. Mm. Number two, Confessions Part Two by oh, Usher. Usher again, yeah. And at number one, Slow Motion by Juvenile featuring Soldier Slim. No. <laughs> No. I mean, it's, the feature in a, in an artist's name should be banned by the world. No, no, just come up. Come up with a new band name. You should be have to. Yeah, you should have to. 
all of, all of us who've tried to who are in bands have struggled making up band names. Yeah. If you work with someone else, you're just, a band. Just make yeah. up a name. Yeah, the, the, them's the rules. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's starting to sound like grumpy uh, old men now. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, we'll come to our own album picks for 2004 in a little bit, but I do want to mention a, a, a key date in the history of music, which is August the 8th, 2004. So a few days after Hark was published. The Dave Matthews Band, <laughs> Tall Bus, dumps 800 pounds, which is 360 kilograms, of human feces from a Chicago bridge, intending to unload it into a river, but instead it lands on an architecture tour boat. And they get sued by the state of Illinois because they just dumped 800 pounds of human poop onto a bunch of people in a boat. Kind of dramatic metaphor for their musical career. <laughs> so... That's um, <laughs> that's just a horrible story. Whichever way you uh, slice it, God Almighty. <laughs> yeah. So we'll move on. I just yeah. I, uh, listeners are going to miss these uh, these little. So uh, no one listens to these ones. Bits of history, aren't they? Well, I the fact that I've just spent ages saying words like Dragostia, Dintai, and wow. Jake One. Jake I don't one. even know well, what I'm saying half the time. It's Jake One. Yeah. I do apologise if anyone's a big um, Jake, Jake Wan stan, or if he's listening. Uh, right, okay. Probably too busy being in the club getting tipsy, I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, highest grossing films Oof. of 2004. A couple of sequels. Well, th- one, two, three sequels. I've got a clue. That's a sequel as well. Was there uh, some Harry Potter or other? Of course there was. Prisoner of Azkaban. Second biggest film of the year. I don't know. I'm, I'm drawing a blank in this era. It's as though it wasn't around. <laughs> well, you certainly probably wouldn't have gone to the cinema to watch Shrek 2, the biggest film of the year. No. no. Shrek 2 was the biggest film of the year. S- Slim Pickens. Oof. Slim Pickens isn't in Shrek 2. <laughs> no, that would have been good. Would have been good if it was. He was, uh, a, he was at number 11. Yeah. <laughs> number three was Spider-Man 2. Oh, yeah. The Spider-Man. The Spider, yeah. Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man 2 is supposed to be like the really good sequel, isn't it? Yeah, Spider-Man 2 is pr- pretty... Is that pretty the one where he hangs upside down, or is that the first one? That's that's the first one, isn't it? Yeah. Spider-Man 2 is... It's, it's uh, Alfred Molina as... It is. Uh, Spider-Man. Octopus, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man, yeah. That's right. He uh, comes through the door, he'll be like, bloody hell, who's this? <laughs> He's put on, put on a bit. <laughs> yeah. That would be good if those roles had been <laughs> reversed. <laughs> Who was he, sorry, then? He was uh, Dr. Octopus. Oh, right. Which, yeah. If there's one thing that I have, yeah, yeah. that's passed me by in my life, it's... Uh, Spider-Man 2. Spy- the Spider-Man. Uh, the Incredibles, number four. The Passion of the Christ at number uh, five. Oh, yeah. The Day After Tomorrow. That's a, one of those big disaster ones, oh, isn't yeah. it? Number six. Meet the Fockers at number seven. God. Troy at number eight. Shark Tale at number nine. It's weird when these animated films are huge and you're like, Shark I'm sure at the time everyone just sort of went, what? Some I didn't watch it. Sort of DreamWorks thing, is it? It was DreamWorks, it, yeah. it, I think it had like a Christina Aguilera covering car wash as the, the theme song for some reason. Why okay. you'd have a car wash underwater when you're a shark, I have no idea. But, <laughs> there you go. You know. Shark, uh, sharks don't even have cars. <laughs> not, not to the best of my knowledge. I mean, If they did, they certainly won't be dirty. <laughs> yeah. Ocean's 12 is at number 10. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, oh, def- I definitely didn't go to the cinema to see any of those. No. Oh. Yeah. yeah, well, there you go. And again, we will come to our own film picks in a little bit, but some of the other things that came out that year, and I apologise if I tread on the toes of any of your choices, are such films as Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, uh-huh. Hell, the first Hellboy film, which I think is very good. It's pretty good. Shaun of the Dead, Anchorman, uh-huh. Alien vs. Predator. Got quite a soft spot for that. <laughs> it's very stupid. It's It's more or less like... The Mountains of Madness by H.P. Lovecraft, but just with aliens and predators shoved in, which yeah, is great. <laughs> uh, the Aviator, which I like because I like films about Howard Hughes because oh, he's yeah. bizarre and fascinating. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then we have uh, the remake of The Manchurian Candidate. We have the remake of Alfie. We have the remake of Flight of the Phoenix. We have the remake of The Lady Killers. We have the remake of Dawn of the Dead. We have the remake of The Grudge and so on uh, and so on. And we have... Sex Lives of the Potato Men. Well, thank goodness. So, that's what everyone was waiting for me to mention, I'm sure. <laughs> British film at its very best. I've only got a little bit of, of TV because it gets quite hard, as, I, as I've said before, to extract something interesting mm. from the list of debuts. Now there's so many channels. but mm. um, So in, in America, for instance, we have the debut of things like Veronica Mars, which I have never seen, but I know is very well thought of uh, the target audience of that. Mm-hmm. CSI New York starts then. I've never seen any of that and I'm probably quite interested in that, I'd have thought, in terms of relating it to crime fiction. Uh-huh. Deadwood. Uh, that's the... That's with Lovejoy, isn't yeah, it? Yes, Ian McShane is, mm. is in that. The remake of Battlestar Galactica or reboot or whatever oh, you want to call yeah. it. And a cartoon that I loved called Foster's Home for Imaginary oh, Friends, yeah. which just amazing animation very very funny very fast very silly some uk tv debuts we have things like the x factor starts in 2004 wonderful it's the beginning of the end that year (laughs) then really isn't it just so i mean talent shows have been around a long time but they just it just hit a point didn't it where it's like everything was geared around it schedules like follow-up shows am i right in thinking they're slightly disappearing now yeah like um I think Simon Cowell's last attempt to get a talent show just sort of out on TV just sort of bombed and was sacked off fairly rapidly, wasn't it? So Zick Facts is still going? It's gone, I think. Has it? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, um, I think there's a lot less than there used to be. And what there are now is there tends to be things with celebrities rather than members of the public. Yeah, generally. I think like American Idol is it went away for a bit and is back now in the States, but I don't think I think they've sacked it off. There's there's something that's more or less starting that stars in their eyes is back now on, on ITV, I think. Really? I believe so, yeah. It's it's called something slightly different. It's a slightly different format, but it's the same basic idea. Stars in your mouths. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. Anyway, yes, uh, there's a comedy starts called The Smoking Room, which was quite popular for a while. Um, Strictly Come Dancing starts, that's Ugh, still going. Do you, Steve-O, do you remember this TV adaptation of Sherlock Holmes? It was Sherlock Holmes and the Case of the Silk Stocking, with Rupert Everett playing Sherlock Holmes. No. That was, you had a very thoughtful face on then, and then <laughs> no. just one word answer. I remember one with... Uh, somebody rocks, bro. Whatever he was called. Oh, I don't know. Um, no, I don't. I remember watching it. I think it was on over Christmas, mm. and it was a bit. Maybe boring. I have seen it, but you know, 
It's still it would... it's not remained in my consciousness. No. Conscious, conscience, whatever, yeah. <laughs> in my head. Yeah. And I have mentioned here one thing I definitely none of us would have watched, but there was a sort of children's drama called Shadow Play. And the reason I'm mentioning it is because it was, I think, the last of the look and read <gasps> things to go out. Mm-hmm. So that was 2004. I didn't realise that was still going up until then. That's amazing. So Look and Read was a children's show that was devised to sort of being shown in schools and at home to teach kids to read. And it would have like a drama programme, which would partly be you'd read along with it and then it would fade into a... And you had workbooks and all that stuff, didn't you? And this mm. giant floating orange thing was in there as well. Wordy. Wordy, yes. Um, and so you'd have, yeah, you'd have a, a, a human presenter and then very often you'd have this, yeah, superimposed floating thing going, hey, hey, letters. <laughs> I loved it. I used to love Look and Read. It was amazing. Becomes kite. Yeah, and then little... It becomes bike with me. See what you, you can, can do with me. I'm magic, magic E. Yep, and yep. some of the dramas were quite sinister Dark as well. Dark Towers. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Dark Towers was my favourite. So I'm that was watching about that. Spooky Castle, wasn't it? The, uh, the telly that they wheeled out at junior school. Yeah, with the, 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 the doors in front in the, of it. In the We're lo- the pivoting lock-up. to a full nostalgia podcast <laughs> here. Yeah, the lock-up video recorder. <laughs> yeah, you'd all sit in the school hall and hope that they were going to draw the curtain so the sun didn't come on. The telly, which was about the size of a tank with... <laughs> Fake wood veneer fronts on it. Yeah, on the, the on magic the... doors open. You watched. You got the shit scared out of you by some educational program. <laughs> yeah, it was. I used to love looking read because I like reading and I liked a lot of the stories and I quite like the music and the animations mm. in it as well. And I think it lives certainly for our generation very long in the in our memory. Absolutely. But it shocked me to find it was still going in two thousand and four with new new things. It started in the sixties. Mm. I remember one about. The fairground, I can't remember that was very, very early one I saw. There was Dark Towers. Yeah. Come with me, you will see Dark Towers. Yeah. It was Geordie Racer. Geordie Racer. Yeah. It's about a uh, pigeon loving Geordie. Yeah. yeah. Was there a, something about a boy from outer space? The or? boy from the the boy from space, it was boy called. From space, yeah. Don't remember yeah. that one. I think they made that one twice or something. Um, so good they made it twice. <laughs> yeah, that was I. That used to scare me. That was quite creepy. Yeah, it was one. quite creepy. I'd like a scary thin man chasing him. Oof, God, was it was there? terrifying, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. One called Badger Girl. Badger Girl. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> badger Girl. Yeah, well, she's half just... badger, half <laughs> girl. Not quite. Scurrying around in the undergrowth. <laughs> Spelling things incorrectly. Yeah. Crikey. Crikey. Yeah, I, I don't remember many more after that particularly. Yeah, but, okay. uh, I probably finished it off until 2004. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, I won't, yeah, there you go. Um, last roll of the dice. Yeah. So there'll be about... Were they similar or different uh, to the ones that were kind of dramas that told you to avoid strangers and things like that? Well, I th- they are... A lot of people yeah. lump them up in your head of like the mm-hmm. safety information, public information, oh. safety films. Well, I think they were different, which were like um, dark water and all that stuff, yeah. and like don't go up pylons. Don't, you don't idiot. swim in the reservoir. They, they might have shared of... some production values, but yeah, uh, yeah a lot of British the, TV of that the time. Cast. It probably came out of the same BBC department, didn't it? I suspect. Well, there was a lot of 
sort of the feel to it, sort of almost like folk horror around <laughs> yeah. the edges of everything. What they, yeah, sort of hauntology type thing. Yeah. We're going to scare you to death until you can spell correctly. <laughs> yeah, spell correctly and don't go near electricity substations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Otherwise, you won't be able to read what this hazard warning sign <laughs> says. Yeah, essentially that. Yeah. Oh, wowzers! Oh, it was great. And we will be one of about twenty-five podcasts that's gone out this week that mentions look and read because they are very very you know a lot of nostalgia podcasts look mm. back to them, which mm. is quite right too because they were ace yes anyway this is very um self-indulgent but yeah what the heck. Heck. <laughs> that's what this is all about sorry everyone so you know come on then let's have our picks for uh for 2004 I'd, oh morgan you're going first this time oh, okay. album and film um, yeah, so uh, album-wise, there are a few things I had on my shortlist. Um, There's quite a lot of um, punk bands I know you like put yeah, things out in 2004. Absolutely. Um, I might have already picked them once, but I'm going to go for J Church. One of two J Church albums, actually, that came out in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when um, the, a new lineup of the band formed in Austin, Texas, because uh, Lance Hahn, the the singer and songwriter of the band, relocated there, and, and they'd been like fairly poppy, and the new version was still poppy, but had a much kind of like more aggressive, like hardcore punk edge to them, um, and they made an album called "Society Is a Carnivorous Flower." Oh yes, um, yes. that's a T-shirt you had for a long yes. time. Well, I still, still have it somewhere, yeah. <laughs> Um, it's kind of stretched out now, so it's it, it's gigantic on me, but uh, I've still got it. Um, yeah, mainly notable for the 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 B side, which is the title track. The entire side is the title track. It's like wow. eighteen minute Oof. song suite um, about the nineteen sixty eight student worker riots in Paris. Yeah. Um, uh, the the title is is from the graffiti which is on my t shirt which mm. shows that uh, French anarchists have a bit more of a lyrical um, side to them than most UK anarchists. Yeah, There's no no all cups of bastards or whatever it was uh, society yeah. is a kind of flower. But it's yeah it's a it's a bit of a masterpiece really. Okay. So I'm gonna go for that because uh, I love it. And film wise, yeah, I was a, a little bit less inspired by what came out film-wise, but I'm going to go for... Um, I haven't seen it for a few years, actually, but it's a film called Saved. Right, um, I it's, it's kind of a satirical sort of teen comedy. Um, Jenna Malone and uh, Mandy Moore, I think, star in it. It's basically set in a, um, a, a religious school in the States mm-hmm. um, and uh, involves uh, Jenna Malone's character... Attempting to save her boyfriend from um, the, the disgrace of, of people finding out that he's actually gay and getting pregnant in the process, and then the outrage that this causes in oh, this right. this little kind of closed-minded religious community that she's in, and it's 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 quite funny and also quite spiky, oh, right. uh, and I, I I enjoyed it. Good. Yes. Well, there you go. Saved and society is a carnivorous flower from Morgan Brown for two thousand and four. I'll go next, get mine out of the way. I'll do my film first. I struggled a little bit to come up with a pick, really, because there's a few things I really do like. Uh, Hell, The first Hellboy film, I think, is is excellent, mm. you know, in terms of set and character design, you know, the uh, animatronics, all that sort of stuff, and it's a good story as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I think I'm going to go for Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah, of course. Mm. Which is a film that <clears throat> I definitely didn't see at the time, but a few years later, someone introduced me to it. And it's a film that's, you start watching it, and if you like that sort of thing, oh, it's over so quick. It's like, and you can watch it again and again and again. It's such a a weird, vibey, sort mm. of like whole other world of, strangeness that yeah. it's insane it's also insane that they made an animated series based on it mm. at some point mm. which uh, I think starred all the original voice like all the original actors as well doing the voices which is odd but I really really do love Napoleon Dynamite I've not watched it for ages probably due a rewatch now yes yeah, it's, it's cracking but album that's where I really struggled I was trying to think whether I actually had any albums from 2004 and I must one thing I do know that I've got from 2004 is um, the what I've called a rebuild of Smile by Brian Ooh, Wilson. yeah. Or by Brian Wilson and all his, sort of that band he assembled mm. to help him right, make the missing Beach Boys mm. album. <clears throat> I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and it's pretty fascinating. It's, just, mm. it's, it's quite an interesting thing. So it's, it's either that or an album I, I don't know particularly well, but I do like very much and occasionally remember to listen to it. And I'm going to have to swear to say its name, which is Fucking A by The Thermals. Oh, yeah. And that's pretty good as well. So what do I go for? I'll probably just go for Smile because um, I'm a big old 60s goon. Yeah. Uh, even in 2004, <laughs> <laughs> I think. Right. So that's me. What's Steve-O bringing to the Oof, table? Well, not a lot, Ray. It's just a struggle this year. Well, the, the films, yeah. Um, but I think I'll go with The Aviator, which you mentioned. Okay, which, yeah. Uh, is, yeah, it has the feel of a big historical epic about, obviously, about a total loon as well, who yeah. led a very colourful life. And uh, Leonardo DiCaprio gets to very overact his way over good mm -hmm. chunks of it, which is good yeah, fun. I think it's, it's very, very well made. It's, um, the it tells where, a fascinating story. Where he lands on the golf course or whatever he yeah. is. That's a, that's a great scene yeah, uh, in cool. his uh, fighter plane thingy. Um, yeah, and music. I really struggled. And you'd, normally you've got to you got some go-to bands that are well past their prime releasing <laughs> hilariously bad albums. But he, even none of them were, really. There was a lot of best-ofs from there those was, sorts I was, of bands. I was, I was just about to say, I was scrolling down this endless list yeah. of about 500 greatest hits. I think that there was... Yes, uh, yes. They, and there's one from... Uh... Van, Hale, Van Halen, <laughs> definitely release one, yeah. Yeah. Even Megadeth's album of that year, uh, The System Has Broken. They, yeah, they'd reformed, hadn't they, I well, think, that year? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that, so no. I couldn't even utter that. So <laughs> I'm a bit of a lost, really. I remember buying the, uh, the, the, the was the last Cardigans album came out this year. The, the, oh, God, what was it called? Oh, I can't remember. Day, the, long After the Daylight or something like that. Oh. That was pretty good, but I've probably not listened to that for uh, about... 19 years or so, so essentially uh, yeah. since the yeah, since so, uh, yeah I'm not really um, yeah advocating everybody should go out and buy that but yeah I don't have much um, other than buying a, the greatest hits of either Van Halen or even Neil Young had one out that year which I don't can't yeah. honestly imagine what that is because I didn't Think he had. Oh, hang on! It was two. It was two the five boroughs in two thousand four. It was yes. Oh, well, that's definitely then my album. Pick. That, well, that, you, that you, was, you can have two choices then, rather than me telling people. That, to that go was buy that was on me on me shortlist. Definitely, it was it was going to be 
that or the third Latigra album or Jay Church book. Yeah, I'll take the Beastie Boys to the Five Boroughs, which I think is an ex- exceptional album. It's, it's a corker, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I did notice there's quite a lot of some of those heavier bands like uh, the Melvins and things. There's mm. quite a few albums by bands like that yeah. uh, as well, but they're all albums I, I looked at and thought, oh, I must go and listen to that. But not, I wouldn't have heard then and haven't heard now and, and stuff like that. So there you go. You tell us your 2004 album choices because we've really sort of struggled a little <laughs> bit yeah. there. You know. And uh, yeah, movies too, really. Uh, my only other movie I was going to possibly go for was Dodgeball, which is absolutely stupid, but which I've always had a bit of a soft spot for. Yeah, indeed. Dodge. Yeah, yeah Anchorman I quite like, but yeah, it's a limited viewing kind of film. Yeah, it's all, it's it was a bit like Austin Powers in the sense that suddenly it was everywhere. Yeah. And then it's sort of... You get sick of people doing the catchphrases from it. Yeah, mm. so it was like a victim of its own... You know, it's good, but it's not brilliant. Yeah. Uh, like the character's better than the movie, probably. And you can only hear people singing Afternoon Delight and mm. saying, I love Lamp so many times. Yeah, absolutely. And it does have some funny lines in it. It does, it does. <laughs> but it's a type of film, rather than you can quite easily watch in a YouTube clip video that lasts about eight minutes. That's probably true. <laughs> yes, very true. Very true. Okie doke. Well, there we are. We've sort of fizzled out on 2004, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because we're moving on to 2005 next time when we come back for our last bonus episode. <laughs> very odd thing to be thinking, really. There you go. I'm going to say, um, what shall I say today? Abiento? Bon <laughs> Razage? I don't know. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm just going to say fairly well. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-ta. <laughs> Thank you.